This is Tether Talk, a podcast for women where we talk about the truths that influence our identities, guide our choices, form our future, and lead us to the hope that steadies our hearts. Let's pull back the layers, uncover the lies, and hold on to the only truth that satisfies. Okay, this is my third episode in one night. I'm gonna get these done because I need to. It's important. (sighs) Cause I'm trying to pretend like I'm like having a phone call, like phone conversation with all y'all at the same time. (laughs) So if you ask me a question or you share your thoughts, I really want to respond as quickly as possible. That's the challenge with Tether Talk. It's not you know, every once in a while, I'm still going to go back to talking about things that are on my heart and things that I want to, you know, share that the Lord is pressing on my spirit. But ultimately, if y'all ask me questions or you share your thoughts, I am in some ways compelled to just respond to that. So keep those coming. I like it. I enjoy it. This is what this is about. And hopefully one day, I don't know if the Lord is willing, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but eventually I would love to see all of y'all in one room at the same time we could just literally have a straight up conversation just face to face i can't wait for that day if god wills and jesus doesn't come back um anytime soon yeah so last week was i keep saying last week i'm so used to recording like every four days or whatever but um a few minutes ago (laughs) few minutes ago we were talking about identity and it's so crazy how the lord had each of you in the group like share your thoughts because the way that they're the what's coming out actually connects and it's so crazy like god is so legit in all his ways my goodness the lord is awesome just awesome and he is just blowing my mind right now straight up blowing my mind because what I thought this was going to be it is so not that and when I put out there you know that request for people's thoughts and everything I was like god I don't even know how this is going to turn out but like literally he is just weaving grace throughout each episode and I am I'm just so floored by how it's like one seamless conversation and I'm not saying that I am like an oracle of God or anything like that but I am his vessel and I love the fact that he is just continuing the conversation with each of us through what's coming out of my mouth and I'm just like what the heck Lord thank you and it encourages me all the more like I was saying a few moments ago like we just have to be confident to open our mouths and let God fill it. That's the word I received at the end of last year. And I'm literally trying to cash in on that mug, like straight up, like God, here I am, just mouth agape, staring at heaven, just waiting for truth. Um, The other thing I was gonna say too, is like right now, I, I don't know, confession. I, over the past maybe year, have been just bogged down and frankly oppressed by 
some really intense things and I my my intimacy with the Lord was literally limited to like worship leading worship um you versions verse of the day um listening to worship throughout the day the occasional like moment with the Lord where it just I go deep into the scripture based upon what he's speaking to me at that at that moment um but the Lord just resurrected a very um intense passion in my spirit something that I've had in me for as long as I can remember but it's this strong urge and desire to literally study the word of God again like to allow the word of God to be my bread of life the living water the the, the my sustenance and and so now I'm like going back into the old testament I've been studying the book of Joshua for a minute but like I'm going back and just kind of like resting in that and a friend of mine texted me a couple weeks ago and was like hey you know ask me my suggestions on books and i selfishly kind of nudged her in that direction too with joshua and a couple uh well there's another book i'm uh, proverbs as well i'm going through right now but um slightly selfishly because i you know i kind of want to do this thing with others you know what i'm saying like the word is not meant for you to just read by yourself like if you are by yourself by all means dive in eat up but if you're not and you have people that, with whom you can fellowship uh, and break bread <laughs> with, um, then do that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really glad that she and I are going to be reading right now. We're just doing a chapter a week. I'm doing some more intense study on that just because uh, what's coming, a project that I'm working on for the fall um, uh, entails me kind of chopping up that that book and or a couple chapters in that book in addition to some um, complementary scriptures to really... Um, lay the foundation of, of what God is building for the fall. So I, I'll hope to share more about that later. But um, I'm excited about diving into the scripts again, y'all. Like I really am. And every time I do, I'm just reminded again how much I love the Lord and how much God loves me. And um, it just silences the chaos of the world, you know, and it also brings peace to my mind and um, just crowds out either empty space that is clearly <laughs> uh, a prime territory for the enemy to wreak havoc um, but it's also just you know removing and washing away all those negative things that I believed about myself and about my my life and about the Lord so I'm excited about that and then in the New Testament I'm sort of dabbling in the New Testament right now um, just based upon what's coming through with with tether talk and uh conversations i'm having with people or you know listening to the word from other teachers and preachers and uh whatnot but um i don't know i'm kind of feeling the ot right now you know what i'm saying like i'm feeling just reading because i feel like i feel like people read the new testament and because it is so much about the practical about christian living you know what i'm saying and it's relatable because it is um ad <laughs> you know after the death burial burial and resurrection of christ and 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 much of it is full of his words directly i think there's more room for people to um eisegete the text a little bit it's more room for people to share their opinion and i'm kind of over that right now like i love the word and i love the gospels and i love the new testament i love the pauline epistles i love the revel i love revelation i love first and second john the peters i love all that but um right now i'm kind of feeling you know the the old testament and much of the old testament is not debatable 
nor is the New Testament. But you know what I'm saying? Like people, for whatever reason, it's like, well, I don't really know if that's what Jesus was saying versus you can't argue that there were 10 plagues. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to stay over there in the Old Testament where everything seems like more of like storytelling. Still true. God is still all up in that. So it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to stay over there where I can just be like, uh, Old Testament said, and most people be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's cool. <laughs> but I'm super, super excited about this next topic because um, I think it is one that um, is often confused. So I'm excited. Truth Teller, LR, shared this in the group. Um, she wanted to discuss preparing well, financially, spiritually, emotionally, etc., for marriage and staying in a place of peace in the midst of the pandemic. And so, you know, I, I let her know that uh, we can definitely talk about preparing for marriage. And I was, I was going to focus a little bit more on the um, emotional aspect of preparing. And so the title of this episode is going to be, Don't Give Your Heart Away. Yes, that's what it's going to be. Because when people think about marriage, they think about giving your heart to somebody. And that's not what it is, okay? It's just not. First example, picture yourself at the altar with your spouse, future spouse, you know, whatever standing there or just any wedding that you may have been to that is uh you know um has christian symbolism in it because i'm obviously there are cultural weddings and you know weddings that don't all look like the traditional christian wedding anyway there is a practice in some christian wedding celebrations uh that involve that involves two candles and one candle it is the unity candle, the lighting of the unity candle. Um, typically, the bride and the groom will stand on opposite sides of this can of this central central candle. They will light their individual candles and light together or simultaneously light the center candle, the unity candle. And then they do something that is somewhat symbolic of what has become uh, a pattern in marriage that I do not fully believe is God's heart or intent and I think has been so um, misunderstood. They blow out their individual candles. That is a no in my book. I say that with full confidence because I have been through so much and it is a no. I think Tony Evans said it at one point, and he said, the purpose of the unity candle is to bring your identity, your individuality to something that you can build a central or a mutual life upon. But the goal is never to snuff out your own flame because God is more concerned about individuals in a marriage than he is the institution of it. Frankly speaking, there is no marriage in heaven except one, and that is that of Christ the bridegroom and his church, the bride. That's it. Everybody else, if you are married right now, praise the Lord. Enjoy it. Enjoy the journey into oneness. That's awesome. But when you stand before Jesus, you are his bride. 
that person you'll have memories that you'll share and all that and it's wonderful and you can be like oh my gosh we lived a really awesome life or whatever the case may be but in that moment you belong to the lord and he is the greatest treasure he is love embodied <laughs> he is everything right the very the one that your heart your heart longs the one for for whom your heart longs like it's just he's that he is love he is unity he is oneness he is um belonging whatever words that come to mind that really just make you feel whole he is that okay so lr you asked this question how do i prepare for marriage emotionally spiritually financially we're focused on focusing on the emotion the reason why i went for the heart is because that's where we all kind of feel like our emotions are settled it's ultimately it's our soul but like our emotions kind of settle in our hearts and it's like oh my gosh i just fell for this guy oh he's so amazing he's so great he's so wonderful we're gonna be married we're gonna be one we're gonna be together everything is coming to like all wonderful things to say but very 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 difficult to live and the reason why it's difficult as a christian is because you are not made to become that with somebody you were made to give yourself to the lord and it just so happens by your desire lining up with god's will that you are now about to share life with someone else which i believe is the purpose of marriage that you as a healthy individual come into a relationship with someone and who is also healthy and that person you you both come together you bring your individual lives you bring your hopes and your dreams you bring your current business or your current um uh aspirations or whatever it is you bring maybe your children and what like whatever it is that you are bringing to the table you continue doing that thing or those things and focusing on those things while you mutually build something else with that other person that's where the oneness comes from that's where the um this is us comes from I haven't fully watched that series, by the way. My sister keeps reminding me to watch that. But that's where the This Is Us comes from. Where you literally come in and you're like, yo, this is what I'm bringing to the table. This is what I'm bringing to the table. You put those things side by side and you start connecting the dots. Like, oh, we both have this in common. Oh, we both do this. Oh, we both hate this. Oh, we both. And I know that most people feel like you're supposed to do that before marriage. But frankly, you're supposed to keep doing that after marriage because there's no way you can build a life with someone if you don't do that all the time. If you come in and you're like a freaking blank canvas, number one, that is prime territory for straight up abuse on either side. Like you just don't, you don't come into marriage and just kind of like, hey, here I am, we're here, forget everything that I was before. And I know that there's some things we wanna forget, like the jacked up relationships, the, you know, losing virginity, all like some things that happen, life that happens. You you, you come to someone, you, you get to know someone and you wanna put your best foot forward. I say, don't put your best foot forward. I say, put your truth forward, put your true self forward, the good, the bad, the ugly, so that by the time you get into marriage, you are not having to live up to the person that you created instead of the reality of who you are like 
be your freaking self. It is torture. It is bondage. It is like hell, literally, and work to try to live up to the 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 opinion or live up to the person that you presented to this other person. And I feel like it's also unfair because that person's like, oh, well, you weren't like this. And you're like, well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> terrible excuse. You know what I'm saying? Be yourself. And I feel like I know this isn't for you specifically, LR, because you engage. Amen. Let's go. But like, um, for those of you who are dating, this is what I would do, literally. Go out on enough dates or engage enough with this person that they can see you when you are high, when you are low, and when you are all the way like wanting to isolate. Because if that person can't hang before the ring, they ain't finna hang afterward. I'm gonna tell you that right now. They're, not, they're just not gonna do it. And so you want to be real about that part of who you are with the hope of working on those things and allowing that person to come in and whatever. Um, but ideally, you want to be yourself. <laughs> please, please just be yourself. I, I know it feels so like elementary, but when you're in the moment and you're in that hot seat, it's kind of like, oh no, I want them to see the good. And they will eventually, but let them see the bad too so they can be prepared and you can be prepared. And if they're not doing that for you, you might want to, I'm not saying create situations where you can see them falter. I'm not saying all that, but maybe start asking some of those questions like, hmm, instead of being like, oh, what do you aspire to be? Or what are your hopes for the future? Please, brother, tell me a moment in your life where you jacked up so bad you didn't know if you were going to come out of it. And if he's not willing to answer, boo, he ain't the one. Keep it moving. There are billions of people in the world and God is big enough to direct you to somebody. Okay. I have a lot to say about that stuff. But anyway, it is what it is. So frankly, you do not blow out your candle. You must be yourself. And you, the goal is not to be a blank canvas and walking into this thing. It's a perfect ground for someone else to start creating your identity, namely a man to start telling you who you are. So LR, you, I know you already got this right here. I know your fiance, praise the Lord. And he's walking with the Lord and he's about you being who you are. So thank God for that. The question now is how to prepare your emotions for this relationship, for this marriage coming up. And I thought before even thinking about some of the other questions or comments that were made, but what came to my mind is the reality that in my opinion, I do not believe that we are to give our hearts to our spouses. I believe that you are to share your heart with your spouse. There is a major difference. Giving your heart is literally like putting that person, frankly, in a position. Hmm. Giving your heart to someone is idolatry. Like, frankly, it's giving your heart to anyone other than the Lord is, in my opinion, like sacrificing the, perf the purpose of your heart and diluting it to idolatry because your heart was created to be given to the Lord. Going back to what we just talked about about 30 minutes ago in Matthew and the greatest commandment, Jesus reminds the Pharisees, the greatest of all commandments is to love the Lord you, your God with first what? All your heart, <laughs> with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength, but with all your heart. 
So if you are a Christian woman, a believing woman, and you have con- con- you know, laid yourself before the Lord, you have allowed Christ to be your savior, your, the lover of your soul, your master, your king, your friend, and your Lord, and you have literally given your heart to him. To give your heart to your spouse is to take your heart from God and to give it to another human being which is idolatry because God never tells you to give your heart to anyone. He tells you to be honest. He tells you to be truthful. He tells you to, um, you know, not withhold. He tells you to free people through forgiveness, free yourself through forgiveness. He tells you to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. So if he's telling us to do that, in our relation, our horizontal relationships with others, and he's telling us to give our heart fully to him, to give your heart to your spouse or to anyone else other than God is idolatry. I don't care how great your man is. I don't care how amazing he thinks he is. I don't care if y'all are like A1s and you are like, you agree on everything. You do not give your heart to your spouse. You can share your heart with your spouse, but you give your heart to the Lord. What does that mean? That means God knows everything about you and you already know that, but you give your heart to the Lord continually. It's not just like, oh, I just prayed the sinner's sinner's prayer and I just accepted Christ. And so I gave my heart to the Lord as some sort of like passive statement. No, giving your heart to God means every day you wake up, you surrender your day to the Lord. It means you surrender your hopes and your dreams to God. It means you take, you take your burdens and your weights and your anxieties to the Lord. It means you are constantly inquiring of his heart for you, of his will for you. You're reasoning with him, uh, regarding the things that you don't understand you're trusting him with with wisdom to lead and guard your li- guide your life you're in entrusting to him um everything <laughs> that's loving the lord with all your heart you're willing to sacrifice the things that you feel are going to uphold you by giving them to the Lord and saying, God, you sift through this and you give back to me what it is that you desire for me to have, even if it's seasonal or if it's a, whether it's seasonal or, or it's an eternal thing that he gives back to you. Whether it's something you have control over or something you have no influence over, you give that to the Lord. Your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, all of which flow out of his breath, right? Without the Lord breathing life into you, you would not have a heart. You would not have a soul. You would not have a mind and you will not have, you would not have strength. And so coming into the knowledge of who Christ is, you give him back that heart. You give him back your soul, your emotions. You give him your mind, your rationale. You give him your strength or your weakness <laughs> and allow him to be your strength. You give that to him with your partner, with your husband, with your uh, boyfriend or whatever. You know, I, got, I could use this moment to clarify right now what I believe about marriage. I do believe it's between a man and a woman, those who are born men and born women. But this could this could really relate even in friendship. There are some friendships that operate like marriages for crying out loud, like whatever. 
no one else should have your heart. You can share your heart. And what does sharing your heart mean? LR, sharing your heart means first giving your heart to God and allowing him to buffet the rough edges of your heart, giving him the rawness of what is going on inside of you and allowing him to sift that and filter it and buffet it with his word and uh, oil it up <laughs> with his love so that by the time you share that with the other person, it is not only inform informative, but it influences that person in a way that is mutually beneficial for the two of you. And it gives you both the opportunity to really think on how that thing, that issue, that desire, that hope, that worry affects not only you, but affects him and affects your friend or whatever. Um, that is a healthier way of approaching our hearts. It's a healthier way, especially going into marriage, because there's this assumption, again, there's the assumption that when you get married, your life stops. And it's not that. It's harder for you to, quote unquote, be by yourself, but it should never be difficult for you to be yourself in marriage. Ever. Ever. And anytime you start going in that direction, you need to check whether you are putting someone or something else above the Lord. 100%. I say this freely and confidently because I have jacked it up many times. So many times. I'm, I'm living that right now. That's how jacked up it is. Having put something else, having given my heart to something else to the point where now I'm having to pick up pieces. I'm having to like literally be like, what, what is going on right now? And guess who those pieces are going to? The Lord. <laughs> the one who was supposed to have my heart in the first place. The one who I was, the one I was supposed to literally give my heart to. I'm bringing back pieces of my heart and saying, what are we going to do with this? And in his love and his grace and his mercy, in my case, in some ways, his mercy, he's taking those pieces and he's like, I know exactly what to do with this. Daughter, I know exactly what to do with this. Don't you worry. It may take some time for you to adjust to how it's supposed to beat again. It may take some time for you to adjust to, you know, the fact that some pieces were in the wrong place, you know, uh, before they fell apart. It may take some time to adjust to the fact that there was a crack here or there was an, uh, you know, um, uh, a deflation over here or there was a callus over here. It may take a minute for you, but I got this. I got you. That's what the Lord literally is saying to me right now with my broken heart. But to prevent that, is to keep your heart in God's possession because he knows what to do with it and he's going to allow you to he's going to allow you to keep living he's he's not possessing it so that he can just put it on a you know on a shelf somewhere and be like oh that was nice work like he's not doing that it's meant to beat it's meant to 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 thump it's meant to pump it's meant to live that's what that's what your heart is, your your natural heart and your spiritual heart, your soul. Like that's what it's for. So he's not he's not possessing it to withhold anything from you. 
He's, he's possessing it to protect it, to shield it because it's value, it's treasure, it's, it's, it's the essence of who you are. Naturally speaking, in many ways, the essence of who you are, your spirit will live on. Your heart's going to eventually whatever. Your emotions are going to be a part of you forever. I believe that. I really do. Because God created our emotions. And we see many, many scriptures in the Bible that, that, that speak of God's emotion, his love, his grief, his anger, you know, his desire, his will, all of that. All of that begins with the Lord. And we are just reflections of what of who he is. And so as much as you love your man, as much as you love him, your boyfriend, your fiance, your husband, your heart is not for him to to possess. He's to steward the relationship, yeah, just as you are to steward. I believe in mutual stewardship. That's what I believe. Because you are brothers and sisters first. You're brother and sister in Christ first before you are husband and wife. So you don't cease being a friend or a brother or sister in the Lord when you become married. I don't get it, y'all. It doesn't make any sense to me. And yet I live that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's so bad. It's so bad. But you want to prepare for marriage? In relation to your heart, love the Lord your God <laughs> with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe that's not the marriage scripture, but that's how God speaks to me. And that's what he gave me for you, LR. Love him as you love yourself. And the best way to love yourself is to give your heart to the Lord. And after God gives it back, you share it with him. He'll respect you for that. He will. And you give him freedom. You get, That gives him room. That gives him room to do stuff with his own heart. Let's be real. This patriarchy and what's going on in our world and our churches and all that. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Putting putting so much pressure on men that they are not supposed to have. Because if they would just do what God tells them to do in leveling everything and allowing women to be who, they're, who they are also called to be, you wouldn't be walking around like, man, I'm just carrying everything. I got all the responsibility. Jesus carries that. You be about your business. Let your girl, your wife, or whoever be about her business because we depend on Jesus. I don't be, we don't depend on our, our men, on our brothers. But yes, to an extent, but not to the point where it's like he just carries the weight. Like he carries he carries himself, he carries us, he carries the children. Like yes, there's a responsibility in some respect to ensuring that the house is is in a, is a place of peace. But I believe peace comes from sharing the load and bearing one another's burdens. I'm sorry. 
You don't stop being a Christian when you get married. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't stop. You don't just ignore every other scripture that has to do with with Christian living and Christian expectation because you got married. Uh, no, no. Marriage is not the epitome of Christendom. It is not. It is one way that God shows his character to the church. If that if that marriage is, is reflectant of who God is, if that marriage reflects true Christian character, then it is a good model for who God is. But if it doesn't, and if it's unbalanced, it's not reflecting God, period. So this elevation of like, oh, the marriage, the marriage, the marriage, or, you know, this is what it is. And we have so many single women out there who are like, man, I'm not married. And they start feeling like less than a human. That is a mess. That's demonic, in my opinion, because God's God's intent was not to elevate institution or elevate practice or religion for crying out loud it was to to bring the kingdom it was to bring love mutuality respect you know for for mankind for humanity for one another so that we could we could look like what his intention was for for the garden from the beginning but we're so caught up and and then i know that it's hard because we've made a, a marketplace out of marriage even even Christians, up listen. <laughs> On one end, it's like, oh, elevate, you know, the, the marriage and you know, honor God and all this stuff. But you racking up dollars on this thing too. Like it's it's it sells for you to to market marriage. It sells for you to do that. Just like it's selling for people to, you know, to to market singleness. But they market singleness so that you can get married. That's a problem. That is a straight up problem. So no, we're going to take back the gifts of God as the church, as the United Church of Christ. We like the the body of Christ, not the United Church of Christ. I'm not affiliated, but with the body of Christ, we're going to take back what God has created and give it to him so that he can enlighten us all the more and reveal to us what his intent for that thing was. Like I said, ain't not, there's not going to be marriage in heaven, except that between the bridegroom and his bride. That is it. And that's not to say that we just cast it aside. Respect it. Let it be what it is. Respect it. It was something that God created for us to, you know, the union of man and woman and, and uh, bearing and uh, bringing forth, multiplying and bringing forth children who would eventually also bear the image of Christ and, and become Christians or whatever, like all of that, like that's part of his plan. Yes, but it is not his only plan. And it's certainly not a plan that he would put above a man or a woman making him the chief um, affection of their hearts. Christ is the chief affection. He is the greatest treasure. He is the joy set before us. Just as we were the joy set before him as he was on that cross. Once we say yes and amen to the Lord, he is the joy set before us and nothing else should come close to that. Nothing else compares, no matter how good that thing is, no matter how good that thing feels, it is what it is. No, it comes third or fourth or fifth or last, <laughs> frankly, because it's God first and then you 
in a healthy way, it's you so that you can serve others, so that you can do healthy relationship with others. But anything above those two, shut down. So I hope that helped. <laughs> and you got my number. So if you have questions or you, you want to talk about something, or if I was a little too harsh on that, let me know, girl. You already know. But at the same time, that's what came to me for this <laughs> right now <laughs> as I sat with this. I'm like, let's just keep rolling with the commandments because clearly that's where we're trying to be. Frankly, let's just, that's it. You do not give your heart away in marriage. You share your heart. And the moment you start feeling like, how do I say, that, that's, that's that feeling where you're like, oh my gosh, you start feeling like you are, um, like you can be nothing and do nothing without your spouse. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's not what it's meant to be. Like he's supposed to be your, your number one partner. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to be your role dog. He's supposed to be the homie. You know, he's supposed to be the one that you're like, yo, A1, I can depend. You can depend on him. You can be like, you can depend on him to be there. Not necessarily for you, but like to just be there. You know what I'm saying? But like outside of that, like this whole, this whole, th and I'm, please, 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 please. Once y'all know a little bit more about me, I hope you understand that I, I'm speaking this way because of what the Lord has made clear to me after my own F, okay? I failed some stuff too, all right? But the moment you get to that place where you're like, I can't live without, and I just don't feel he understands, not to say that doesn't happen, but that I can't live without, or I don't feel like myself without, mm-mm, that's evidence that you've given your heart away. And you need to get that junk back, that treasure back, that pearl back, get that back and take it right to the throne of grace and let God do some spiritual EKG on that. Um, yeah, that's it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So LR, thank you so much for your truth. I hope that it was an encouragement to you and to all our sisters listening. I bless y'all. Until next time.